0: Welcome to Booz Allen Hamilton's Unstoppable Together podcast, a series of stories that unite us and empower each of us to change the world. I'm Jenny Brooks with Booz Allen Hamilton, and I'm passionate about diversity, equity, and inclusion. Please join me in conversation with a diverse group of thought leaders to explore what makes them and all of us unstoppable. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Unstoppable Together podcast. I'm Jenny Brooks, and today I'm joined by Booz Allen's DEI and i Data Subject Matter Expert, Brittany Hart. Brittany, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. Thanks for being here. All right. To get us started, can you share with us what do you mean by diversity data? So in terms of our conversation
1: today, we say diversity data. I think we're referring to an individual's personal demographic characteristics, which could mean how an individual identifies ethnically and racially or by gender or sexual orientation or whether or not they kind of identify some type of a disability, be it physical or or non. So for the context of this conversation, you know, we're talking about how someone identifies and how that information can be leveraged kind of to ensure equity in the workplace.
0: Okay, let's talk about that. How do you apply diversity data to lead to a more equitable workplace?
1: I see sharing your personal demographic information with your employer or in your workplace as is kind of an, a benefit to you as an individual. On a broader macro scale, we collect this information more broadly, like in the U.S. Census. Providing that information in the census ensures that people have adequate political representation, or infrastructure support, or hospitals, roads public transportation, that kind of thing. So the same goes for the workplace. Ensuring that you have adequate demographic information for your employees in in an organization is, is kind of foundational to ensuring equity in the workplace.
0: Right. Okay. So we all know the forms that say, what age group are you in? What gender are you? What's your racial background? And so forth. All right. So let's kind of look a little bit beyond that sheet. How do you look past that data? Right, and not just sort of the statistics and the numbers, but what we're really driving towards when we talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion.
1: A number one data point alone without context is kind of meaningless. You need that proper context to draw any conclusions and to to assess equity or, or really anything about it. It's extremely important to ensure that you kind of have the full scope. And relevant information around a particular data point or around a number as you draw conclusions about it. With that said, you, you always ask questions. Even when you have some set of context, you know, you can interpret a number alone uh, a number of different ways. And so I think it's really important to, to have that additional context and to kind of understand what's relevant and how that number or a particular metric relates to something else. I think that's, that's key.
0: Yeah, I, that makes sense. What about people who don't want to answer the form? Like, they're hesitant to. How is my data being used? What do you offer to people who are like, I decline? And I can understand that, right?
1: Especially in, in the age we live in, where, you know, data security in, in general, right? Information security is so is paramount and is such a risk. I think it's important to understand kind of the value of, of sharing that information in many organizations, large organizations, when when they ask for this information, it is held very tightly, and they want to make sure it's used in the proper manner. Kind of go back to the beginning. I think the reward or or the outcomes that could be drawn from leveraging that data is, is so much more important, right? Ensuring that your workplace has the resources that are relevant to you. And without that, there's no way of knowing that. Same level of security and scrutiny that we use to to make sure you get paid is the same level of, of scrutiny and security that we use to protect your personal demographic information.
0: All right, you're a specialist in this area. Tell us about the value that you do derive from people who will participate in this data collection. What's the value back to me as an employee?
1: know there's really like there's no accountability and there's no way to measure equity if we don't have the data to do so so you can't identify a problem or you can't identify a concern if we don't have that information to inform that so for example let's say that you work at an organization where employees allege that women aren't being promoted at the same rate as men well how do you know how many women you have if you're not collecting that information and so we have to use that data to, A, to be able to identify a problem or, or to, to ensure that there isn't one, They're not saying that there is a, a concern, right? But if there is, you need that same data to be able to track progress in, in a particular area. And so I think when it comes to equity in the workplace, obviously, it's paramount. We, we can't ensure equity if we don't know those particular areas that we want to, to, to track. And you can't track progress against it against it or or hold leaders accountable for ensuring equity in an organization or inclusion, right? without having that data available.
0: And then as I'm thinking about the form, I recall there's like, you know, the typical form that we see, there's like four or five boxes, right? Mm -hmm. But those four or five boxes today, at least the ones that I've participated in, don't address all of the realms of how people identify today, right? So what about those with intersectional identities? You know, where do you see this going? How do you ensure that you are collecting data, but really, data that provides a context to who people are, right, in the workforce.
1: In the short answer, you know, diversity is so much more than gender or and or race, right? My demographic makeup includes my personal experiences right. to to the extent that they influence how I show up in the world. So it could be you know, socioeconomic factors. It could be my sexual orientation or how I identify gender identity, right? Right now, even, especially as we're during this pandemic, it's, am I a caretaker? You know, that's a more fluid construct, but that that influences how my workplace shows up for me and supports me during this time. And so I I think it is essential that organizations are are being really inclusive about tracking and measuring these factors that, that have an impact on their employees.
0: Uh, I think that's spot on. I totally get it. Do you have any other specific examples of how this diversity data has been applied towards, you know, making an impact in an organization, or as you said, sort of increasing accountability towards a group C and I goals? So many, so many
1: examples, right? Like I said, there is no accountability without mm-hmm. the data, right? To hold someone accountable to. Going back to that fictional example, if particular demographic segment say women. People that identify as women say that they're not being promoted at the same rate as people that identify as male. We have no way to track that without the data, right? We have no way to continue to monitor that. And a tangible example that I think organizations that I have worked with have done well, right? Like they are constantly monitoring pay, for, by gender, by race, ethnicity, to ensure that that their data scientists that identify as women are being consistently paid with, you know, data scientists that identify as a man. And that is a very tangible example of how that personal demographic information is is leveraged to ensure equity. A direct manager has control over how the the pay decisions for their, you know, their employees. Bias can creep up, right? We're, nobody is perfect and everybody has bias in some form or fashion. But at an organizational level, we can leverage that data to ensure that those biases aren't creeping up and aren't creating a systemic concern within an organization.
0: If you could, just sort of like a kind of primer for us, how do you start to tackle something like bias through the data?
1: But just kind of looking at trends, right? So I'm sticking with that same compensation example. So If an organization has never analyzed this, has never taken a look at this, we can take two similar groups of of employees, right? Same level, similar tenure, maybe one that identifies male, one that identifies female or control, right? And seeing over time, is the pay consistent with those groups over time? And so if we see consistently that one group is being paid less, that's how we help to begin to identify a pattern of, of inequity. So that, I think that's kind of like a, a very basic example of, of how we would identify. Now, identifying bias in a program is, is much more an extensive um, analysis kind of involved. Are we asking the right questions? Are the questions itself biased in a particular way, right? Like there's a, a, a different kind of lens that we would need to take, but there, there are a lot of factors that could impact bias in a specific program.
0: When you see such dynamic periods of time of change, like during a pandemic, mm-hmm. does it change your approach to data collection frequency of how you know much you're looking at data? Or yes, I, I think
1: you have to right because even for me, you, we just we do modeling right. My team does modeling and we do kind of predictive looks at trends in the workplace and our observation period that we would use right now is not the same as what we would have used a year ago or two years ago. And so we have to constantly collect additional data points so that we can adjust for what's happening in society and adjust for what's happening in the workplace. So the short answer is yes, we do have to kind of ask some different questions and change the frequency of how we're, we're pulsing our employees.
0: And for those listening who might be, you know, working in a small business or a nonprofit or an organization that doesn't have like a dedicated dei team or a data science team what are some of the things you might offer to them to just think about like they recognize you know this could be valuable right to my organization and I know I've got goals or I'm just starting to think about where to go with some of this work what are the some of the things that are out there resources perhaps or things that you would point them to to help them uh, in terms of looking at the data and how to what to consider in the data or how to use the data or, I would say, and
1: I have worked with some some smaller organizations that have very ground level, grassroots collection mechanisms. So I would say, the very first thing I would invest in for a small business or a small organization is ensuring that you have a an adequate kind of HRIS system, an adequate system for collecting um, that data in a meaningful and an inclusive way. So we don't want an individual, a, a one one person going in and and asking all their staff how you identify or worse making an the assumption and i have worked with companies that they have one lonely person that's going around and kind of peeking over and you know i think this person might identify as x or y or z and that's not the approach that you want to do that is not create a culture of inclusion and so having a a true human resource kind of information system that you can Used to track, um, that an employee can self-identify and do so in a, in a secure way without having anyone or group of individuals kind of making any assumptions or, or then having to report that to a, to a human when some of that information could be sensitive. I think that is foundational. I think that is before you do anything else, make sure you, you have the data and that you are in- inclusive in your practices for collecting it, I think would be my, that's my, my one key um, <laughs> To you know, the foundation to an inclusive environment or measuring data in
0: an inclusive way. Awesome, Brittany. I'm like just so fascinated by this field and this really important work you're doing to help support an organization's goals and objectives as they work towards you know fulfilling their DEI agenda. At the end of every podcast, we leave some free space for our guests to share final thoughts with our audience. What would you share with our audience today?
1: assuming that your audiences are employees like me, right? I think one thing, and we touched on it earlier, but I think I want to leave you with the same thoughts that I started with, is that if you, as an employee, want to take a step to ensure that your workplace is more equitable and more inclusive, I think that one of the things that you have to do is to feel comfortable and and empower yourself to self-identify in any way that that your employer is tracking. So meet them where they are. That's the only way that you as an employee can kind of hold your organization, hold your leaders accountable for ensuring equity. That's like, this, again, that's foundational. So if you do your part there, then we can work on the other things tactically, right? Like, what, can, what can we do? What efforts can can um, you get involved with? So self identify. I think that is what you as, a, as an average employee can do baseline kind of to ensure that that there is equity and that you can hold, hold your leaders and hold your employer accountable for ensuring that within your organization.
0: Thanks, Brittany. Sure. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. Visit com to learn how you can be unstoppable with Booz Allen. Be the future, work with us. The world can't wait.